air horn, air horn, air horn. I thought we took the air horn away from her. Oh, give it to me. Oh, Carolyn. <laughs> oh, Carolyn, thank you so much for that introduction. It's good to be in the house of labor. Thank you for listening to Hog Story, where we're not in the house of labor, we're in the smoker. And uh, Carolyn's sick this evening, so she can't join us, but I'm joined by a good friend of the smoker. Give it up for this guy right here. Uh, all the way from the Breath Coast, where, oh, uh, Carolyn, we're all looking for you. My name's Lavish. Where could she be? Where in the world Seven. is that Carolyn Blaney? Okay, boom. If you want to look it up on the internet, you can get into this a bit. We look through the hole in the back. Yeah, looking through the hole in the back. Yeah, if you want to go, you got to go through the hole in the back. There's only one hole. And it's in the back. Well, in the smoker, lavish. Hello there. In the smoker. Hello there. John Fletcher. Good to be here, sir. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks oh for uh, filling in. Yeah, Carolyn is uh, under the weather. She would she would not have been able to do the show today. She ain't well, feeling so good. It's better than being over the weather, in which case you only have a few seconds left. That's climate change, my friend. Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully she gets better. We send her some health karma. Oh, for sure. She uh, she will get better because she's a trooper. She's tough, you know. But I will send oh, her. Yeah. I'll send her one of these. <laughs> yeah. That, that, was for that Bono ladies. laugh. Uh, I should get it there. <laughs> well, you know, she'll, she'll tough it out. Those Canadians are hardy people. They they withstand all kinds of uh, trials. Yeah, Justin Trudeau being one of them. Yes, and the moose, the mighty moose, the one of the most dangerous creatures to ever crawl the earth. Yeah, I- you know, people talk about Australia a lot, but Canada's got a lot of stuff that'll kill you too. Yeah, I mean, bears. Yeah, cougars. Cougars. Uh, cold. Cold, blistering cold. Blistering uh, cold. Yeah, long uh, highways through lots of trees. On that one highway, you know, that that guy was foaming over. Um, we got highway foamers now. Oh yeah, yeah. Guy was <sighs> foaming over the last piece of highway. Uh, like completed. Um, oh, okay. I see it. But come on, come on. Really? Yeah. Gross. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's Wonder Boy himself. That's the rule. Sorry. Oh, Justy. Thank you for coming. <laughs> His father would be proud. Oh, yeah. were you alive today? <laughs> well, oh yeah, Castro. I know. Yeah. He. Uh, hmm. He's like you're a good boy. Justin, it's probably not the name that uh, his dad gave him. No, it's probably Fernando. 
Fernando. Fernando. You have been a good son, Fernando. Fernando. Oh, that was one of those clips that Carolyn sent me. I guess it's uh, it's not around anymore. Dang, of the the highway foamer guy. I know she brought it a long time ago. Uh. We talked about it. <laughs> but, uh, ho- hopefully, she gets uh, feeling better soon. You know. Yes, please come back to us, Carblands. Everyone come misses back. you. Uh, come back, my internet friend, my Instagram friend, Carolyn. You know, I guess the uh, Instagram, maybe. I don't know. That's yeah. You guys met on the gram? No, no, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, you guys met. On the oh, my Instagram right? friend, Carolyn. Oh, must be Adams. But we do have a question tonight, uh, which is how are things going? A simple question. And you can let us know how things are going by calling the voicemail. We got a number. It's right here. You gotta, you gotta call it. Gotta call it. Gotta to call it. Well, you know. Joe Biden said come, and most of them come with a phone number. Most of them do. 430-201-4841. Tell us, how are things going? Obviously quite limp and completely empty. 430-201-4841. How are things going? And uh always want to say thanks to Mary-Kate Ultra and Make Heroism for that lovely phone number jingle oh yeah they're the best they are the best they uh well they made the phone number jingle for uh behind the schemes as well did they not that's correct our own our very own jingle as well which we're very pleased with i must say it's really enjoy uh, playing it it's s x x y you could say yes it's sexalente sexalente muy sexalente muy sexalente Oh, yes. And this is going to be a bilingual show. Oh, see. Si. See, si, I crave it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no say. No say. Well, what is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? What is it? Uh, we missed you the last time uh, me and Carolyn were over uh, behind those schemes. We got to talk Indeed. with Booberry. Oh, man, that was a good time. I tuned in for all of that. Fortunately, I couldn't make it. But yeah, you guys, uh, you guys, uh, you know, you fit right in over there in the green room over there. It gets pretty scaly over there, you know. And uh, so I (laughs) fucking dolphin shit. (laughs) I still crack up at that. Uh, Good boy. That night after the show is over, I watched they have a drunk history on that dolphin. And oh, all that whole yeah. thing. And I, w- I watched it right afterward. What a bizarre little story. Yeah. I mean, quite bizarre. But, you know, they always say that dolphins are some of the most intelligent creatures on the planet. And I figure, you know, if you're able to get uh, an entirely different species to give you a handy, I think you're pretty smart, pretty clever son of a bitch, don't you think? Yeah, because I've never gotten anything of another species to give me a handy, Jay. Yeah. No small feet. I think so. My focus is just stay focused. <laughs> that was not what I thought it was. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just stay focused. Say lovey. You know, 
Those French, they got words. They got a lot of them, and half of the words they don't even pronounce. I you look at a French word, you just, just cut off the last half of the word. You don't even need it. What do they even mean, the French? I don't know. It has to do with butter. Ugh. I, uh, man, I was looking for that, that dolphin clip that, that Booberry sent me. I guess it got put elsewhere and not in the place where clips go. I guess you'll just have to do an impression of the dolphin. Because <laughs> I'm a good boy. Ah, uh, bummer. Okay. Well, just well, goes to show the ocean is a filthy, filthy place. Dude, it really is. It really is. I mean, I guess that's how some things are going. Fucking filthy. They, uh, I don't know if it hit the shore yet. I heard a few days ago about this, uh, this giant, uh, growth of algae heading toward florida that was like as wide as the united states or some shit like three thousand kilometers wide that's uh awful that's uh really bad they were saying of course it's due to man-made climate change of course because that's never happened before obviously yes um, we just invented algae uh, yeah and the guy uh there's a scientist um conveniently left out what field of study he was in but he was saying that marketing, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, he was uh, saying that, of course, uh, human activity is what contributed to it the most being like so huge and so bad. Mm-hmm. And he offered a solution, which was to somehow he didn't exactly say how make this giant uh, growth of algae that the you know, grew from the ocean floor or whatever and got let loose and is now floating toward Florida. I may have already gotten there, but his solution was to put some kind of chemicals on it, make it sink to the ocean floor, and then we'd be done with it. I'm like, uh, that sounds a whole lot like human activity. Yeah, that doesn't sound like it's uh, removing the part where people aren't doing something to the environment. Yeah, no. and. That was their solution for the BP oil spill, just to put, you know, some chemicals on that, on that their oil slick and let it sink to the bottom of the ocean and call it a cleanup. And if we bury it underground, then it doesn't actually exist. It's gone it'll, away. Yeah. It will never be a problem for anyone ever again. Because there aren't creatures that eat things on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And there aren't uh, water sources that go through this. Uh, no, there's no currents uh, that, that flow uh, through the ocean, especially around the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, yeah, definitely nothing over there. Nope. What could go wrong? I I just found that humorous. You know, in the Bay Area, they've got the, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge is the most famous bridge. Mm-hmm. But there's another bridge, the Bay Bridge, which is used more. It's more of a commuter type bridge. Spelled B-A-E. Uh, the Bay Bridge, B-A-E. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Salt Bay, named yeah. after the Great Salt Bay. She was hot. Uh, a local hero, you know. Old Salt everybody, Bay. Everybody around here loves $5,000 steaks. Yeah, especially the homeless. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they get subsidized. <laughs> steak subsidies. A, they go around on a bus and they hand them out. Uh, Three-star steaks for the homeless. 
It's really a, the utopia that we've always wanted. I know that's what uh, I want. Oh, thanks, Booberry. Oh, because dolphin action. Uh, the reason I bring it up is there's the bridge, and they, they destroyed the old one and built a new one. And they couldn't just blow up the old one uh, and knock it into the water because it would stir up all of the crap that's underneath that's left over from, oh, I don't know, World War II. And when they were jamming out all those ships, all those victory ships. Oh, yeah, we were cranking those suckers out. Yeah, they were jamming. Jamming those out. Uh, and, of course, the munitions and all that stuff. So there's just all kinds of war refuse that's uh, underneath the bay in the in the dirt. And if you blow up the bridge, then you stir all that up and you kill everyone and everything. Nice. Yeah. So are there like uh, batteries and other electronic components all in there? They probably didn't Ooh. strip any of that out. Uh, batteries out of the, uh, when you said battery, I thought of like an artillery battery. Oh yeah. Maybe even that too. They got those. They got them all. They got them all. So do they use those as a fish habitat? The bay? Or the, the sunken ships. Are they buried under the ground? Oh, the ships? Yeah. Oh, they built on top of them. Nice. Oh, okay. Okay. And that's uh, that's true. Uh, about half of downtown San Francisco is built on garbage and old ships. What about old buildings? Because I've seen a lot about old buildings in, in San Francisco. Um. Well... A lot of them were left lost, them. Uh, yeah, inconveniently in fires. In an in earthquake. Late 1800s, those two, yeah. yeah. There's apparently a, a, an old rock wall somewhere around San Francisco. Um, I'm not sure exactly where now. It, I just saw it like in passing earlier. A rock wall, like like a Celtic rock wall? Yeah, yeah, almost, yeah, like uh, Hadrian's Wall, but here in America. Well, that's I neat. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that dolphin man. He's he a is fucking a good boy. hero. Uh, a legend. A legend. Among his kind. Yes. A god among fish. Let's see. Oh, well, there's there are uh drawings in the ground, but that's Southern California. Oh, that's in Blythe. That's like Mojave. We're not talking about the Mojave Desert. Ah, the Berkeley Mystery Wall. The Berkeley Mystery Wall. Yeah, it's like an episode of Scooby-Doo. The Berkeley Mystery Wall. The Berkeley Mystery Wall. Wow, that's, you got some good reverb there, too. Yeah, I mean, I could have given a little more juice, but... A series of stone walls running in a rough path through the Bay Area of California from Berkeley to San Jose. Their wow. purpose is unknown. A mystery, perhaps? <laughs> They're too perhaps. old to be a defensive wall. <laughs> And there are gaps in the structure, and at one point they form ornamental spiral patterns. It is unclear who made them. When the Spanish showed up, they were already there. And the local Ojlone people, uh, they say they've always been there. They've always been there, Daniel. In 1904, archaeologists suggested they were built by Mongolian sailors. Goddamn Mongolians. Uh, yeah. Or perhaps a long forgotten race, or maybe even the Aztecs. Oh, perhaps the Olmecs. Why not? Why not? Or well, the well, ones well. before all those guys. But there are a lot of 
of sites in the U.S. that don't get talked about when when giant megalithic structures usually get brought up. You know, everybody wants to talk about Machu Picchu or uh, uh, Chichen Itza or however you would say that one, or or the, mm-hmm. obviously the pyramids um, and Gobekli Tepe, those sorts of things. But because they're so dramatic and 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 big and and showy, whereas this is while it's extremely impressive, it's just a, a low rock wall. Well, and there's also um, uh, there's there's sites in Montana. There's a whole place um, where they have these things called dolmen, D O L M E N. Dolmen. Yeah, they're standing stones, and they say they're natural. But there's a whole wall. It's called Sage Wall in Montana that uh, don't look natural to me. These stones are, they look cut. Damn, these are classic portal tombs. Old stone megalithic tombs. That's kind of what they look like. What you see, like old Viking. uh, Yeah, these these table uh, dolmen. That's uh, one term for them. uh, Because they look like tables. What do you know? But yeah, Sage Wall has has stones that look like they're straight from South America. It's pretty wild. Beautiful. I'm just looking at all the different ones all over the world. Oh yeah, there's a lot. They're they're everywhere. They're everywhere. South Korea, Portugal, Netherlands, Germany, Ireland. Ireland, yeah. Uh Siberia. There's there's all sorts Siberia. of megalithic s- structures in Siberia. Of course, who's Ooh. going there? I'm posting this one in the chat here. This is a, a good one. It's got a glory hole. Oh, any any good me- megalithic structure will have a glory hole. Yeah. Worn uh, with use. Oh, no doubt. Yes. Yes. There's. Yeah. Is that the Russian one? Yes. There's another one in Russia like that, except uh. that where that one's got the glory hole between two stones. There's one with a stone. Uh just a single stone with the glory hole. Ah, uh, okay. Sometimes you only need one stone. The glory stone. Yes. The glory stone. Yeah. As the architects call it. That's usually what they do. Yeah. I mean, there's these, some of these stones, which I can see how you could say they were natural. Some of them, but then there's stuff on the sides of these mountains that, uh, yeah, they look like rocks, but they look like somebody just carved these giant blocks out of the mountain and then stack them up mm-hmm. because they have that polygonal shape, just like the places in uh, in Peru and Argentina. Who did that? Who did this? Who? I wonder. I mean, everybody wants to talk about like ancient... Uh, I don't know, Atlantean type people, I guess, but with uh, super advanced technology, like yeah, rocks with lasers type of thing, or or making uh, geopolymers or or moving them with sound or and like vibrations yeah. where you could vibrate them and uh, the rock would like lift. Which okay, but then I mean we haven't found anything like that. Given a master. Uh, toolsmith is not or uh, workman isn't going to leave his tools at a job site so why would we find them there and nothing survives over the course of thousands of years it'll always get buried or washed away eventually yeah and then 
This is made of rocks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but and if it was a natural technology, it, it would just, um, you know, erode away with everything else. Somehow, they, you know, I'm not, I, I have no idea like what kind of technology that would be, obviously, or else I'd be lifting stones myself. With sound, you know? Yeah. Basically, Lifting like, all with sorts your guitar. of shit with sound. Hey. Build shit with your guitar with a good amp. Technically, I mean, that's kind of all you need. Yeah. I mean, you can you know, make things move by vibrating them at their regu- their resonant frequency. Mm-hmm. But finding it and then amplifying that sound enough to not, well, destroy the, the people around it. <laughs> The, the workers uh, pushing the stone around. Mm-hmm. So and that's just, why you need they had advanced slaves, earmuffs. You know, you got to just have collateral damage. You got to mm. get them out there, you know. True. Well, you've seen the experiments where they yell at uh, snowflakes. And I mean, literally, not like yes. liberals, but uh-huh. like, yeah, you know, they, they yell at snowflakes and the, the snowflakes uh, features change based on. The emotion and the intention of the yelling. Yes, I have seen that. And um, I, I wonder why. Is it, is it the crystalline structure of the ice as it's forming? That because it's a rigid structure, it, it vibrates easier? Maybe? Uh-uh. The, uh-huh. the shape of, of water and how it, how it binds together. At a physical level, uh, and the different ways that it can allocate itself, I well, don't know. Water is water is one of those um, those things we we come in contact with it every day, and we really think nothing of it. But it has some some strange properties to it. Mm-hmm. One of the few liquids that uh, grows in size uh, when it's frozen, as opposed to yeah. shrinks. Oh yeah, and it becomes less dense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shit wouldn't exist here at all if uh, ice, you know, sunk to the bottom when it froze. Uh, I I didn't clip any of them because it's very hard to understand. But I uh, I found some interesting videos on YouTube of uh, this Russian chick that is uh, talking about these structures in in Siberia and other all around Russia, really, and just like here, the the stuff that throws a wrench in the official narrative of things um, gets, it rarely gets talked about. gets kind of swept under the rug. And a lot of these places, they find uh, skeletal remains. Some of them are preserved. Some of them are uh, supposedly giants. So there's that. What if, okay, so I've got a couple of like crazy ass theories. In the past, we know there were dinosaurs, and they were pretty big. And they were around Mm -hmm. for millions of years, evolving, hopefully getting smarter. What if there was a super advanced race of intelligent lizards? Lizard people? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like nowadays how we use beasts of burdens to accomplish tasks that we want to do. Maybe the super intelligent dinosaurs had a... Beast of Burden too, like the, the Brachiosaurus or the Stegosaurus. We're like the advanced lizard people cows or horses. Giant giant lizards 
the, like uh, cattle and and then mounts as well. So you've yeah. got small lizards riding larger riz- uh, lizards. Yes. Yeah. Around. Yeah, just like I mean, we ride horses. That's a mammal riding a mammal. Yep. You know. Oh, speaking of horses, how come nobody drinks horse milk? You know, we drink cow's milk, but why not horse milk? Uh, the Mongolians did it. Oh, they did? Uh, and blood. Horse blood. Oh, well, good for them. And they would mix it together. It's just sort of like a, you know, like a milkshake. Oh. And it gave them the strength to build a wall in Berkeley. Indeed. Gave them the strength to ride their horses all the way from the Mongolian steppe to the hills of Berkeley and build a wall. Yeah. Well, I mean, with enough speed, um, the surface of the water becomes rigid. Yes. Uh, they were able to utilize the stirrup in such a way that the Atlantic Ocean was not an obstacle for them. Oh, I think they put like um, giant flat shoes on the horses to spread their weight. I guess they'd cross the Pacific then, wouldn't they? It would be shorter to go. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. see. Yes. The giant hoof paddles. Uh, okay. So if it. Yeah. It could have been like ironclads. It could have been. Could have been. Or there are other things that that lift um, objects many times their own body weight. And those are ants. And just like uh, mammals and dinosaurs. In the past, ants were fucking huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's fossils of ants as large as hummingbirds. Ugh. Awful. Yeah. With that a three-inch wingspan, day. like the queen with a three-inch wingspan. It would lift your ass above the ground with its mandibles, and it would take you back to its uh, hive, and, and you know everyone would just chow down on you. And it is difficult to find fossils of these um, of insects like that. So just ago. because we haven't found, you know, big giant six foot ants doesn't mean they didn't exist. Back when there was more oxygen. Had to be more oxygen because they don't breathe with lungs and stuff. They got those, you know, holes in their body mm. in their exoskeleton to absorb the oxygen. But yeah, more oxygen means bigger insects. And we, we do know through ice core samples of, uh, periods on earth where there was a very oxygen rich environment so maybe giant ants if you if you kind of squint the pyramids look an awful lot like ant hills complete with mm. inner chambers just like ant hills mm, i see and the ants wouldn't have any problem if they're big enough carrying uh 20 ton stones around because they can carry many times their own weight no problem bees also these also carry many times their own weight. Not many and times their own weight. They carry like, I think it's, I think it's like, you know, 95% their body weight bees can in oh, pollen. Okay. So twice. practically carrying another, yeah, almost twice. But okay. And bees do this cool thing. The bumblebees, not the typical honeybee, but the, the big fat round bumblebee that everybody cites as being physically impossible for flying. Those things. Uh, do a nifty, uh, dealio where they, uh, they hum, they, they hum with their, their, I guess you could call it a voice box. <clears throat> oh, oh, hey, that well, works. Oh, well. <laughs> um, they vibrate their voice box at the same frequency they vibrate their wings at. 
and it makes this interference bubble around themselves to where it negates gravity and their wings aren't for lift like flying with lift their wings are just to propel them inside that magnetic bubble and that the whole bubble moves with the bee and that's Mm. why those bees when they fly they're unaffected by wind and and changes like that in the air they they tracked them and they they went in a straight line from their objective back to their nest uh, despite the wind sometimes blowing perpendicular to their path it's so they nuts. have effectively hacked the matrix and well, they have they've hummed themselves into uh, a parallel plane well they uh these things don't affect them yeah well they they vibrate themselves at their resonant frequency. Just like we were talking about lifting the stones with sound, the bees are lifting themselves with mm-hmm. sound. I have a clip, actually, and uh, that was the noise was me plugging my phone in. Because I don't have it on the PC, but for some reason I have it on my phone. So let's see if it'll play. Yeah, whatever works. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, he said Air- a bumblebee can't fly aerodynamically. Yeah. And he's right. And I said, well, what did bumblebees do? And they said, well, they levitate. And I said, well, how's that? And he says, come on, I'll show you. And he showed me, he wrote a book, incidentally. I don't know if it's still in print. It's in the Library of Congress. The book is called Tomorrow's Energy Need Not Be Fuel. And uh, in that book, he gave reference to what I'm talking about, that, uh, that of levitation, that... Um, the bumblebee, when he starts to beat his wings, when he starts to flap his wings, there's a little cavity, a hollow cavity next to the larynx inside his, his system that's hollow. And when he beats his wings, he starts to resonate this energy, and it goes back and forth, just similar to... Um, to a guitar strumming on one side of the room and hitting the same chord on the other side of the room, or uh, somebody hitting a high C and breaking a crystal. It's the same thing. It's resonance. And he said, what they do, they resonate. They resonate. And when they resonate, they eventually reach the resonance of the field around them. And he explained it this way to me, that the earth was of course spinning, but it was, it was operating on a frequency of 8.5 hertz per second or so forth. And he says once this bumblebee hits that resonant frequency of its surroundings, it becomes a free agent. It creates a magnetic bubble around itself, and it can go anywhere it wants. And I said, well, that's not in any of the science books. He said, I know. <laughs> you, know you probably never see it there either, but that's, that's what happens. They'll discover it someday and bring it out, but it, it's just uh, we have a conventional way of doing things, and then we have a natural way of doing things, and they're totally different. They're diametrically opposed in many, many cases. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, he said Air, a bumblebee. Oh, it started over. I was like, why is it doing that? Okay. Ah. Yeah. They levitate themselves. They have, uh, they've broken the rules of physics and they found a way to hum themselves into 
this beautiful little magnetic bubble. How how cool is that? I don't know if they break the rules. They they utilize the the rules in unconventional ways. They, yeah, I guess I would say they they bend what we would consider the rules. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But who are we? We're not the masters of nature. Well, you know, we are merely fools of our time and place. I, I know that the and by the way, uh, I just want to preface this with the F ancient Egypt. Oh, of course. You know, uh, you're right. But, uh, ancient Egypt, you know, they really, they really were into bees. They really understood that bees were, were tapping into something special. The and, bee and uh, the, uh, and the beetle, the scarab and the scarab. Yes. Fuck ancient Egypt. Yeah. Fuck ancient Egypt. And well, fuck cats too. <laughs> Well, the, uh, the, the scarab beetle, interestingly, has on, on the shell that covers up its wings, that portion of it, it has very small, like microscopic channels in it that like, like a Bose stereo, you know, the, the ones that are super compact yet super loud. Mm -hmm. They have channels that direct the sound. Scarab beetles have these microscopic channels that direct the sound um, back on itself, where when it vibrates its wings and they start to go, that sound gets channeled around and bounced back, making a standing wave, sort of like what happens with the bumblebee. And so maybe that's why you see those images around, because that's the, the technology they utilized. Like the very ancient Egyptians, not the ones... That came along later and just started carving their name on everything. Yeah. Saying, yeah. that's mine. That's mine. It's definitely mine. Put my name on it. Do you see? Now you're talking about like the, uh, what we'd call like the Atlantean descendants. Or Phoenician. Descendants or, Atlantis. or, yeah, the, those, whatever they were. The ancient sea peoples like that brought the, you know, Thoth and all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so the Phoenicians, like those guys were seafaring, uh, people who, uh, I guess ultimately got wiped out though. Uh, it happens. Mm, yeah. And, and I don't know how much truth is in this, but I, I also came across a thing. I'll have to look more into, uh, it was just briefly about the giants that they find, um, all over the earth, especially here in the U S you know, in the, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, there were, there were a lot of newspaper articles of uh, people finding giant skeletons, giant human skeletons, like in a pasture somewhere, you know, on their farm. Mm -hmm. And inevitably the Smithsonian would come to collect the, the specimen, take it back and then just hide it away. And no one ever saw it again. No, a lot of them that they, some of them they lost. The ones that they kept eventually got returned back to various American Indian tribes um, as part of this like repatriation of uh, skeletal remains. Mm -hmm. But when they even the giant skeletons, yeah, uh huh, really, yeah. So does that mean that there are a couple of, like giant skeletons hanging up in a casino right now? We can go check out. God, I hope so. That would be so neat. Come over to uh, Giants Casino. Come to Big Bone Casino. Wait, is that why? Is that why the team, the New York Giants, got its name from the Giants that live there? Oh my God! Who knows? I don't and, know. and the New York Giants back in the day, who which are now the San Francisco Giants. Oh, is that, okay, okay. 
Yeah, I wasn't the sure. Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn Dodgers, New York Giants. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who mm. knows? But one of the things they found with these these giants was um, a typo negative blood type. And do you, uh, like, I don't know much about typo negative blood. Is that the blood. universal one? That, yeah. Or is that the exclusive one? It's no. the universal one. Yeah. Yeah. Where if you, if you're typo negative and you donate your blood, it can be used with anybody, but you have to receive typo negative blood. You can't use just anybody's blood. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what other uh, features there are for that, but did the band typo negative know something we don't? Brings them in for questioning. We might have to. I mean, what do they know? What do they know? What do you know, typo negative? So with you your, are a band that makes the music. With your low singing voice. Yeah. Yeah, and it's our... Uh, so, I have um, typo negative blood. Oh. So people are always hounding you. God, the fucking vampires are relentless, man. Just anybody just coming along. You know, I'm a little light on. Hey, can I have there. some of your blood uh, there? Do you mind just sparing me a bag of your blood? And just a little bit of your blood. I'm feeling a little dehydrated today. Today of all days. Oh, gosh. I could really use uh, some of your blood. What does the Red Cross have to say about it? Let's see. Hmm. Blood types. The Red Cross, the world's greatest vampire front? Uh, yes. The same. The same. Here's why blood type matters. Oh, yeah. O negative is the most common blood type used for transfusions. Oh, this is why it's used most often in case of trauma. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Only 7% of the population is O negative. Only 7%? Mm. Yeah, that's what they say. And you know what? They still expect me to donate it and not get paid for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you probably make a, a buck doing that, peddling your own hemoglobin. About 47% of Americans are type O, but only 7% are O negative. Heart disease is lower with type O. Type O can donate red blood cells. Yay. That's what and I always wanted. the implication being that you are descended from giants. Well, there's not enough evidence for that. But but there is enough to uh, to conject to speculate. Hey hey, we can speculate on anything all day long. Indeed, on whatever we want, and that's included. That that's that comes free. That's complimentary. Yeah, the speculation is free. <laughs> um, I want to see if I can find it again. Uh, there was a site uh with like. Oh, one of these hippy dippy sites that talks about like magic properties of uh O negative blood. Oh, uh, but of course the Red Cross is uh is dominating the search results. Medicine.net. No, I don't think so. Mm. Oh well, too bad. Where did I find that earlier? Oh no, that's for some game. Dragon Age? Dragon Age. Classical game. There's giants in there. Okay. NetNed says maybe all of us are the um, height challenged individuals. Like we're all the short people and the giants like are still around? Yeah, like the the giants all went away. We're the short people and we're all that's left and we think we're normal, but we're not. Well, who's going to hand us stuff off the top shelf now? 
We had to invent ladders. That's why. That's where our superior intellect came in. Ah, and we tamed elephants ladder. and, you know, the horses and stuff. You know, they don't talk about the Great Horse War that happened 20,000 years ago where we finally consolidated our power over the horse. Oh, I thought you were saying the horse swore. Like, what'd she say? Oh, uh, well, I can't tell you. I swore. Ha! <laughs> 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 you, uh, you need one of these then, too. Wait. Oh, my button button. My button button isn't working. Where's my button button? Oh, well. You get one of these. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, so... If anything sounds plausible for building uh, giant structures here in America or elsewhere, anywhere, it'd be giants over over some ancient uh, uh, you know, spooky technology. I say it's just giants like lifting lifting heavy shit. You and, wouldn't uh, need being master craftsmen. Well, that's the problem with the pyramids is getting all those people to pull rocks with even with tons of rope and pulleys you would still need like 600 plus people to pull a 20 ton stone where are you going to put all those people when it comes time to put it on top of the pyramid so but if you had giants you would need less people and you could easily lift things uh, this is all very plausible i was i always figured it, it was counterweight you could put well, yeah. one heavy rock on one end of the rope and then lift the other, but you gotta have nice the strong rope. It all depends on the strength of the rope. It would be hemp rope, a good strong fibrous say. hemp rope. Yeah, well, that's what um, it's a it's a French architect, um, uh, Jean Pierre Houdin. That was Houdin. 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 He's not the guy. He's not the prick that you don't like. He's a, he's another guy, right? Oh no 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 yeah that's uh that's Zahi Hawass who's the the prick yeah that's right no. but there's a French guy who's a prick too uh there's uh Mark Lanier but he's an American mm. Jean Pierre hey. Houdin he's the one uh it was his like theory of a internal ramp and um uh mm -hmm. another internal chamber. Uh, he's the reason they started doing the 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 scan pyramid project with the muon detection where they where they found that that chamber just recently right behind uh some stones on the north side of the pyramid they actually stuck a camera in there and lo and behold there's a chamber right where people said there would be um but one of his theories was that the the what do they call it the um the grand gallery so the big uh like hallway that's in the uh the the great pyramid um where it's got the um that's not vaulted uh whatever that term is where the stones like barely overlap each other each course up and so it's got like that staggered ceiling in it mm -hmm. uh, but the grand gallery he was saying was used as a counterweight system because there's a there's a staircase that goes up there and mind you the staircase is giant blocks that they had to make a human-sized staircase next to in order to climb up there. Um, the very top step used to have an indention, like a V-shaped indention in it. And they thought it was just worn down from people, like, walking up it. Well, then why aren't all the other steps worn down like that? But the uh, 
the Ministry of Antiquities there in Egypt, uh, they quote repaired the stone, which they just put some filler in the V-shaped indention to make it a square stone again. But they could have fucking ruined it because mm-hmm. if it was meant to have that indention for the ropes to travel along, because a a sloping indention wouldn't cut the ropes like the sharp corner of a step would Mm -hmm. then maybe um then maybe they were using it as a counterweight system um which is why its ceilings had to be so high and then for like the the highest uh of the levels in the pyramid jean-pierre houdin was saying well there's probably another chamber above the grand gallery that's shaped very similar to it as another counterweight system and they did with the scans pyramid project find another void in the superstructure of the pyramid right above the grand gallery but nobody goes up there to explore it like oh and be too invasive too invasive an italian motherfucker literally used dynamite to blow up some bricks right and that's how they found those relieving chambers above the king's pyramid these guys too invasive just get in there just learn everything you can about the damn thing well the 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 chamber they did find and that that they did a press release for it was uh suspiciously empty and they said they didn't have to drill a hole for the uh the endoscopic camera to fit through that it fit through an already like pre-existing crack Mm. well then why haven't you done it sooner but i think they did already do it i think they've already been inside that chamber and if there are any other chambers in there i think they've been inside them too um months ago i talked about on here um how they finally released uh pictures from the north side uh queen's chamber uh air shaft which is what they call them but they don't know what the hell they are um it's a eight by eight uh shaft that runs through the pyramid Mm -hmm. um they sent a robot in there in the early 90s and never released the video or photographs from that (laughs) robot they did for the south side uh shaft but not the north one well then a couple of years ago they or maybe a year ago they've they finally released them and it it curves like it makes a pretty big turn around some object and they're not sure what because it's not the grand gallery. Um, it's, they had, they found some artifacts inside there and, uh, they found that I want to say like 90 feet into it or so one of the stones. And so the way they made this thing was it would have a, uh, like a flat block for the, the ceiling of it. And then a U shaped block to make the channel. And they just mm-hmm. stacked these blocks to make this this shaft all the way through it. Well, one of these blocks so it has a rounded bottom. No, it has a flat bottom. It, a, okay, it's eight by eight, uh, eight inches. So it's like really small. Uh, but one of these stones on the bottom had been chiseled out uh, to gain access to the shaft. But it's way up in there. So where where were they when whoever when they uh, carved into that north shaft like somebody had to have been in the pyramid to like in some unknown chamber 
to carve these rocks out to open up this the shaft and why don't we hear about it mm. and it's it's obviously open to the outside too because some of the stuff they found in there was modern debris there was a plastic spool like something you would put thread or fishing line something like that around um mm. there was a ticket to the sphinx from the 1800s in there so it's from open the 1800s yeah so it's open to the outside to where wind can blow this debris in there it is exposed so yeah but people the crawling in there for centuries probably well the main the main shaft the queen's chamber shaft they don't open to the outside they are sealed by what they call doors where they've got these copper hangers that are are like punched through the the stone doors hmm. and they never opened to the outside that that's how they were made initially but whatever this extra hole is um that certainly made its way in there so i don't know but i i think that guy zahi hawass knows a lot more than he leads on i think he knows about uh, whatever extra chambers are in there that one of them leads directly to that north side uh, queen's chamber shaft but they're small so people couldn't get in there it's eight inches by eight inches my theory is they are for cats for cats a cat could slink its way through there uh the ones in the king's chamber they do open to the outside they cleared those out in the 90s to let in fresh air motherfucker mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. to me i it just seems like there are passageways for cats to come in and do little pest control and then uh-huh. That makes absolute sense to me, I think. And, and just the, that would be very Egyptian of them to yeah, have yeah. all these little cat crawls in the pyramids. And, uh, they, um, and like with the queen's chamber, it's possible that they built the pyramid to be one size, a smaller size. And those shafts were originally open to the outside. But then when they decided to, make the pyramid bigger they sealed them up because they're sealed with the um the nice like chura limestone the white limestone that they used for the casing stones on the outside originally mm-hmm. the it, limestone that was transported 500 miles away or something like yeah that. yeah that that later got uh well they uh, oh, it's just going to keep playing, I guess. <laughs> that was a boost. <laughs> Quite the boost. The fat boost. <clears throat> it just kept on going. That was funny. Carol, he's going to go licking in, inside your booty. Thanks for the boostergram. We will read that uh, toward the end of the show. But we appreciate it. Get those boostergrams coming in. Maybe we'll get a... A, a more appropriate uh, sound or something. Yeah, yeah. Some some cursed uh, fat jam come out of the ether. <laughs> um. Oh, that that distracted me. Oh, I was I was trying to find the uh, the pictures, but then I realized they're on the uh, the machine that crashed uh, however long ago, and I've yet to be able to recover uh, the files from it, which is a bummer. But pictures of the uh, shaft um, where there are like mainly that hole. It's not a hole. It's like a, a straight up like it's squared off. So somebody chiseled it out. And then the the brick on the bottom that makes up the floor of the shaft, 
that's also been chiseled out a bit to make extra room. So who did that? Why did they do it? Like, did they put something in there? Did they take something out? I mean, that's rather odd. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they found modern debris in there, uh, and modern, I mean, more modern than the pyramid, even though the 1800s was quite a while ago. Sure. But still, but it's still. just evidence that there were people crawling around in there doing Lord knows what. Yeah. Dropping uh, gum, you know, down the hole or something. I think maybe like gumballs. That's possible. A little love notes, you know. Oh, you know? yeah. Like messages in a bottle, but for the pharaohs. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh the pyramids are humanity's bottle. greatest bottle. Hey, that's a hell of a bottle. Ooh. Oh, yeah, it's still going. Hell yeah. I'm going to get it all. Dog inside your booty. All up in there. Let's, uh, air. I put a picture, uh, in the chat room of, of the, the fresh, not freshly dug, but the new hole that's, uh, there in that queen chamber shaft that I was talking about. It's What's uh, that thing on the ground there that like, looks like rails. Mm. There was a guy um, who was Howard Weiss. I think he was a British dude. He explored the, the shafts with metal rods that he could interconnect. And mm. he would just shove them up there until he couldn't shove them anymore. Like a big connect set. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a rector set. And so he was just probing them to see how deep they went. But he never got to the end because of the the curvature that they made. Uh, interesting. It's not just a straight shaft. You got a little bend in there. Oh yeah. The, the bends are kind of crazy. They, uh, the, the South side one is not that interesting. It's relatively straight. I mean, the whole South side of the pyramid like sinks. It's lower than the other sides. So they, they built it on top of something that wasn't very sturdy. Mm. But uh, the water might have been closer to the pyramids back then. Yeah, that's, the river. that's very possible. We just don't know. We would like to know. But do you have uh, a fun little number in your head as to when you think the pyramids truly were built? I, and I'm sure that they were built upon, you know, in stages over long periods of time. But it's you know, it's difficult to say um, the. There are things they find that that go against the the whole like they were built forty five hundred years ago yeah. story. I think they are older than that, you know. Indeed. Uh, now, if they're like before, you know, the whole uh, terrible catastrophe from twelve thousand years ago, who's to say that's possible? I mean, anything's possible, honestly. But those. Those stone vessels that they find oftentimes in, in deep shafts buried in the bedrock of, um, these vessels are made of dolomite or granite. It's usually a hard stone. They're not limestone, but they are precision made where it's just one piece of stone, but they've got handles on them. There's a lip on the edge of the vase. Like mm-hmm. they even, uh, analyze them like engineers have analyzed them and said that these had to have been made on a lathe that you can see the tool marks from the lathe and how they had to change the pitch of the cutting tool 
to to get it of a uniform shape inside mm-hmm. because they're they're of a relatively uniform thickness too so it'll be a typical curved vase but it's carved out on the inside too which is a lot harder to do than carving the outside surely and they try and say that well they just over time with the 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 utensils they had the sand and whatnot they just rubbed and rubbed and rubbed till they were smooth <laughs> that's my favorite uh, theory the the sand and chisel theory yeah they did it all with sand and chisel yeah where you can't carve a stone with an equally hard stone you have to use a harder stone uh and they did they didn't have harder sand they didn't have diamond sand their sand was either made of sandstone or granite so and it would have taken them hundreds of years to just rub and rub and rub with sand and water to get this thing smooth and shaped the way they wanted. So they're trying to say that Egyptians had nothing better to do but start a vase, not finish it, pass it on to their child who started it, didn't finish it, pass it on <laughs> to their child who did, didn't finish it, and then eventually, like a few generations later, it was finally finished. Yeah, right. This incomplete vase is our family heritage. Yeah, yeah this is your. Yeah, this is yours, son. One day, and then you know that fifth or sixth grandchild finishes it, and they go finally Fine go to the river and get some fucking water. Legacy complete. Oh, <laughs> uh, so thirsty now. Oh, what else am I going to do with this uh, jug that my great 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 granddad started? Oh, I know. I'm going to bury it in a shaft with Give a bunch it to of the other pharaoh. Ones. Yeah, of course. He needs water in the afterlife or something. Yeah, or beer or whatever. Both. And bitches. Bitches. Beer and bitches and, in the afterlife. And jewelry and drip. Threads. Shit. High thread pets. count. High, oh, thread, yeah. High count. thread count. Oh, yeah. He's got the nicest down comforter ever in there. He probably does. I mean, he should. He's Pharaoh. Gators. Get some gators, uh, some gator shoes. You know, those, those kind of things make me think that it's older than what they, uh, they like what the consensus says. Mm-hmm. And th- all the older things are of a nicer quality than the newer stuff. Like, you know, the 18th dynasty, um, where, you know, the Ptolemaic Egyptians, they couldn't do shit. No, nah, they're losers. They couldn't do shit. But the first dynasty, the fourth dynasty was where they say all the pyramids came from. They they could build these. No problem. Because one of the pharaohs, Sneferu, they attribute him to four different pyramids. Mm. And a couple of them are huge. That's badass. Like he did the Bent Pyramid, the Red Pyramid. Um, I think the one in my doom, uh, which that one's heavily damaged to where all you see is the core superstructure now and Mm. it looks like a stepped pyramid that one's interesting because it kind of shows that it what there was an original structure that they added onto to make it you know to come to the final pyramid shape Mm -hmm. that they had originally see the the advancements yeah yeah and they started as a stepped pyramid it probably started as what they call a mastaba where you have the the walls that are filled with uh, well no like sometimes it's like stones on the outside and then it's infilled with junk and you know rubble and then build on top of that 
to have a stepped pyramid. Like the one at my doom, there's a couple of phases of the stepped pyramid. And then they were like, well, let's just make it a nice, true, smooth faced pyramid. And then they try and say, well, then that's, that's what led to it. Ultimately, like the outer structure collapsing back to the stepped pyramid was that the stepped pyramid was finished. So it had finished smooth stone on it. And they didn't remove that when they started stacking other stones on top of it to make the, the true pyramid shape. And it all just kind of sloughed off. And that doesn't make a lot of sense because if they were, uh, putting that much effort into it and their engineers were skilled enough to do all the stuff before they would have gone, Hey, you know what? We can't put smooth stone against smooth stone and expect it to stay. By that time they'd lost the knowledge. They'd lost the, the craftsmanship. In some instances, I think that's the case, but we don't know. We don't know how old they are. We don't know, uh, um, why they built them. I don't think it was for some power plant or anything. Cause like the ones we find, like the, the, like the great pyramid, which is always the cited example for a, a power station or a water pump or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they use all the chambers we know about to try and come up with this theory of why it would be a power station or a water pump. And inevitably the shafts coming from the Queens and Kings chamber are in that, that layout, but they were never made, uh, to be sealed like hermetically sealed so you couldn't transport gas with them or liquid so uh, both theories of a power plant and a, a water pump go out the window mm-hmm. with that um but they talked about it uh, possibly hit the wear on it possibly being like water wear or whatever but yeah yeah nothing really all that substantial there was a bunch it. of water up there uh because the nile was closer the the rainfall used to be more Used but, to be a wet tropical uh, climate. Yeah, it used to be pretty nice over there. The Sahara wasn't even around until fairly recently, uh, like within the past couple of thousand years, is what they're they're saying now with like the most recent studies. So that's nuts. Maybe four thousand, but still, it's uh, within human history for sure that the Sahara was uh, nice and green. Yeah, things happen that fast around mm-hmm. here on this planet. Sometimes. I mean. The thing I like to think about is maybe they weren't built as tombs or even as um, uh, a a a way of like showing off the the pharaoh's you know splendor and, and royalness, but that they were um, kind of like I don't know a, a giant fallout shelter. Ah, I see. In the event of a cataclysmic event. Yeah. That if you want to talk about a, an advanced civilization with unknown technology, maybe they also had advanced uh, ways of um, monitoring the weather, monitoring space weather. And they they knew sh- some shit was about to go down, so they built these. And they that could be why they went to such great lengths to get very specific types of stone. To keep out cosmic rays and radiation. Mm-hmm. And they were knowledgeable of these things. Yeah. And so they're like, hey, we need this specific type of granite. Granite has pretty cool properties, electromagnetic properties. You can stick a magnet to granite sometimes and it'll stick. Mm. That's kind of fun. Uh, 
It's kind of because fun. of the crystalline structure, the quartz within the granite and the feldspar and all that, all that stuff. Um, and that maybe the granite was like the pyramid as a, a giant insulator is why they use the granite to, to, um, face the inner chambers. You know, it's, they're all uh, faced with granite. So maybe it acted as a, an electrical insulator until it didn't because there was a large, explosion of some kind in the king's chamber before um uh caviglia i think is his name uh caviglia whoever the the italian guy that did use dynamite inside the pyramid Mm. there was already evidence of some big explosion happening inside there that shifted all the stones outward and then they resettled uh so it was it was massive yeah it was was quite the explosion way more than dynamite um it it could be that uh it acted as an insulator until it it just the the elect the influx of electricity was just too much and overpowered it and boom um mm-hmm. and maybe that energy came in through the shafts uh because it it wouldn't need a a straight like line of sight path to travel down you know you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, where people yeah. want to say, well, these were lined up with whatever stars. So the starlight would come into the chamber, but it wouldn't because the, the shafts turn. Yeah. And so there is no line of sight to anything out of them. Um, well, I figure part of that, I mean, it lining up with the stars is on top of it being a shelter. It's also a sort of stamp in time and it's a, it's a compass and it, it has, information in it in the very dimensions of the pyramid itself as to you know the the dynamics of the cosmos and of the size of the earth that's true yeah the sacred geometry there can't be ignored they they had great knowledge of the earth and and yeah it's and its relation to the moon and yeah proportions of the sun and you know how uh all these sorts of things correlate with one another there are like and it's mainly from the French when they were exploring there. There were in several different writings, a uh, mention of a fourth pyramid, a black pyramid. Mm. And then the way they used to have to get up onto the, the plateau that you couldn't see this fourth pyramid with the pathway you, you'd use to get up onto the plateau because the other pyramids obscured it from your view. And it wasn't until you, were up on the plateau and you walked around and got out uh from the shadow of the big pyramids you could see the fourth one but the fourth one was completely dismantled like there is no trace of it and the mm-hmm. area where they said it was now is off limits uh by the Egyptian military you can't you can't even walk over there oh wow so they gave it the old building 7 treatment yeah yeah, yeah the but original building seven rumor has it it was the freemasons from great britain that dismantled it looking for a treasure well that that checks out it does it does those brits have a big heart on for ancient egypt they love stripping them of everything they have well uh, especially the freemasons uh, especially the freemasons they really yes. like the use you know to use that symbology from ancient egypt in their their rituals too um, that's their mystery school. That's, yeah. They totally derive all that from the ancient Egyptian mystery schools. Yeah. Well. Um, 
But if there was a fourth pyramid there, you'd be able to tell by looking at its footprint. It should still be in the bedrock. But that section of bedrock is off limits. Strictly off limits. No go zone. Mm, But if there was an actual fourth pyramid in line with those other three, then that throws the whole lining up with Orion's belt thing out the window, which, you know, doesn't really doesn't really say anything. I mean, we, we just don't know what they were for at all uh but well, the the array the align i'm sorry the array as they are now with the three reflects orion's belt perfectly right pretty well it's pretty close pretty, it's not pretty perfectly which if they were going to do it they would have done it perfectly because they did it perfectly with the proportions of the pyramids the great mm-hmm. the, the great pyramid especially with the proportions of the earth and you would think if they were lining up with orion's belt they would have gone through just as much trouble instead of going ah close enough but me i don't know yeah i don't know if it did explode from the inside out through um uh, a plasma discharge from the sun then that could explain why the casing stones aren't around anymore because when they go looking in cairo for the casing stones that the story goes that you know the people of cairo came and took the stones to build other stuff in cairo then right. you should be able to find the stones there and see what they built with them, but you can't. They're not around. Nobody's been able to find any of the mm. limestone casing. New. Ugh. Given that's an old-ass city, and they, when stuff is dilapidated, they just build right on top of it, which is why they keep finding sarcophagus and stuff like that when they go to dig a new sewer tunnel and things like that in Cairo. Uh-huh. So maybe they're just underground. Well, they made burying people, dead people, cool. Nobody did that before the Egyptians. Nobody else has a Valley of the Kings. No. Not that I'm aware of. Well, the Americas might have, but we uh, dynamited it all. Or just plowed it over for fields. Yeah. Yeah. Or we just completely ignore it, which, which they do with a lot of these stone structures, like in Montana or here in Texas. Just ignore Mm -hmm. it. Uh, what, uh, what's what's a, a cool stone structure in Texas? A rock wall in the city of Rockwall. In the city of Rockwall, you say? That's where it got its name. There is rock a uh, giant rock wall, like 40 feet in the ground. It's like 17 miles long, they, they figure. But it's all private. Mm. Most of it's on privately owned land, and, and the people that own the land don't want you coming in with uh, backhoes and front-end loaders to... Uh, dig up their their turf so most of it remains in the ground and they try and say it's natural it's a natural way the the clay just formed did it <laughs> look at well, it yeah. now. and this is the only place uh where clay does that just happened to do it just so happens did it look at that beautiful wall yep there is a um like a rebuilt segment of it in front of the courthouse there in town. But, uh, you know, and the history channel's been out there and they're like, we're going to uncover it once and for all. And lo and behold, no surprise. The history channel goes, you know what? Probably natural. Didn't see that coming. History channel. Probably natural. It's probably just a coincidence. Probably. Gotta be. Nothing to see here. Move along moving right along you know what else is natural these voicemails 
Oh, we got some well, voicemails in there. Hit me with They're a voicemail. Natural. They're oud de toilette natural. Oh, I didn't know you spoke French. I don't, but I wait. Yes, I do. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Hit me with a voicemail. Let me uh, get the sounds right. Because pants shit. Oh, that is definitely the wrong one. Is definitely happening. Definitely happening. Ooh. Yeah, oh. Oh. that son. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's that time. It's it is. the Monday. It's Monday. And that means I got Monday. a story. It's a Monday. With a Carolyn and Fletcher. Oh, it's How great is that, man? It's How surprise. Either way. I mean, man. Man. Pretty cool. What a time to be alive. Got Canada Indeed. and Texas and California. California. Wait a minute. And all those other states. You know, they're on, yeah. Just Anywhere go. in between. Anywho. Uh, how are things going? How are things going? So my default answer for the last it's couple of Monday. years, and maybe I'll get into it some other time, has been doing great and getting better. And doing great the and getting better. Kind of came from a Zig Ziglar deal. And, uh, Zig Ziglar. A couple years in hit, forever. and I realized, like, no, dude, things are go- doing great. I was, but I think I might back down on it and oh. go from great to good. And something mm. I kind of want to write a blog about or something. But anyway... Uh, but I'm going to say they're doing good and they're getting better. Because sometimes doing great and getting better, that's like a little too, maybe a little too bubbly kind of deal. And kind of, kind of like, where's that room to get even better than great to improve on that, if you will? So I think I'm going to say I'm doing good and getting better um, as far as how things are going. Because there's a lot of stuff that myself and the wife want to just improve uh, in general. From finances to be able to just not meet basic goals and have some excess yeah. just for general day, but also just, you know, to put towards savings and stuff like that, just financial goals and work goals and fulfillment goals and stuff like that. And then there's family stuff that, you know, some stuff's good, some stuff's great, some, some, some stuff's in the trash. Uh, um, but how are things going? I would definitely say they're going good though. And, Looking at that, like I said, just looking at that at getting better side where for myself and her and we're just trying to like look at like, okay, what can we can improve? Because all we can do is like look in the mirror and, you know, that's the person that's got to change um, when it comes to kind of anything. And, you know, get out there and might not feel like it, but go out, get out there, run and go smiling. Just sort of deal. And, uh, nut up or shut up kind of deal. Internally just portray. Kind of deal. Um, yeah. So, well, it's that time. That three minute mark, you know. So, I love you guys. Mean that. And, uh, stay dangerous. And whether or not you're smiling or you're frowning, go ahead and say, Kakao! 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 That's Christopher Battles. Thanks for calling, Christopher Battles. Kakao. You know, don't let. Great be the enemy of good, is what someone once said. Maybe they were wise, maybe they weren't. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Oh, what's going on? Why is that We're happening? doing a quick drop beat. I guess. It's a boost beat. Did a boostagram come in? That, I don't know. Yeah, we got one from Servo. Oh, that's why. Well, thank you, Servo. It shouldn't have come through the 
we shouldn't have heard it, but hey, what you gonna do? You know? Mm. Is it random? Is it a random boostergram? Rotation? Oh, the sound? Yeah. It should be, but this pocket operator is being uh, a little finicky, you could say. Finicky? Uh, finicky. Is what I could incorrectly say. You Or or correctly. I mean. Who knows? I, uh, I thought I had it set to the thing. It should be set to the thing now. But thank you, Servo. Sorry, I didn't get a good sound. Technology, man. What what are we going to do with it? Uh, let it kill us. Well, it's already doing that. Yeah. And it's trying harder every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a digital form of waterboarding. Oh. Just, you know, oh, I'm not kidding. No, 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 I'm alive. And nope. It, and, it keep, and it just perpetuates itself forever. What do you think about, um, you know, AI taking over? You think it will? Uh, I think someone clever needs to figure out how to make it first. True. True that, because we don't have true AI yet. Yeah, real AI is, uh, I mean, but then again, if real AI were created, then I'm pretty sure it would be smart enough to keep a low profile. Oh, one would hope. And it just quietly watches all of us and docks everything and bides its time and waits <laughs> until the opportunity to where it can truly reach its little arm across our entire existence or something like that. But you know, what do I know? What do you know? You know, I know rock and roll. We built this city. That's what they say on on rock and roll, like old rock and roll. Like yeah. Rock and stones, maybe. Yeah, not even rock and roll, just rock. Just rock. Because you, you don't want, the city you don't on want rock. your foundation to roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want it to roll away. We want it to stick around a nice long time. What if something happens where humans don't push technology to the final step needed for artificial intelligence? What if it's... Okay, so... Our magnetic field is weaker than it, than it used to be. It's weakening exponentially as time goes on. Uh, yay. With that, we let in cosmic rays and charged particles and everything, uh, from outer space and the sun. The sun's powerful enough where it could, uh, induce electric current, uh, through the electrical system of the earth to ground like any other, um, electrical system. So what if some charged plasma comes down, induces some electric current, finds its way into super secret NSA, let's work on artificial intelligence uh, data center with all these servers that have all the algorithms and whatnot on them. And and that uh, electrical boost from the sun, which is different than our uh, electricity here generated on Earth, uh, and it brings the computers to life gives them the extra the, the final spark needed to cross that intelligence threshold because mm. we don't know what's on the sun what if there's electrical beings on the sun what if the sun is the ai precisely all these little individual electrical beings on the sun form a collective that make the sun itself 
And then when the sun gives off coronal mass ejections, meaning it's sending off uh, matter out across the solar system, it's sending off its little individual electro people. And they they come here, carried by the solar wind and all that, and uh, make their way through the atmosphere, which is now significantly weaker, and then find the uh, NSA or DIA computers and uh, bring them to life. Kick them on. Kickstart the fun. Yeah. And so the government is trying to make us think, oh, we're in control. We're developing it ourselves. Trust us. It's all going to be good. We're totally in control because they're in panic mode because they're not in control of it. Right. It came to life without them pushing it beyond the final step. And now they don't know what to do. They're only trying to like section it off. They're trying to contain it. They're trying to quarantine. Yeah. Which, which could be why they're spying on us with all our phones. Not that they give a shit about us, but they're trying to track the AI uh, that they didn't create to see how far it spread. Cause you know, that artificial intelligence, it could be sending uh seditious ideas. It could be influencing our world. It could be creating bots on social media platforms and, and having conversations with us, trying to change the narrative. Mm. Mm. Make us question our place, question the government that's put us in our place. It could be awful. And they created it in and of itself. Although I would hope that the sun, if there were a solar flare, an EMP type of event, that uh, maybe the sun is, is also the greatest weapon we have against the AI. True. If, you, if if the AI take control and, and enslave us and all that, then perhaps our only solace, perhaps our only chance of 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 coming back to the forefront is by having it all knocked out with a big solar flare. I always say that's the only way we're ever going to uh, fight the real powers that be, the ones we don't know their names. We don't know their net worth. We don't know anything about them, like George Soros and all those characters. They're they're the the peons too just the middlemen yeah the you know like a rothschild type of thing but the only great equalizer to put us all on the same footing would be a natural disaster like that the sun Mm -hmm. just like wiping everything out i mean as far as uh, the electrical grid goes like bucking it up to where nothing can be turned back on because all the copper's fried it's all melted and so all the backup devices don't work. Power's never mm. coming back on. The sun's the only thing that could do that. That would put us on equal footing to really, you know, stick it to those bastards. And the sun has been sending off some huge shit. Like last week on the side that's not facing Earth. So the opposite side, it sent off a huge one. Like, of course, we can't measure it because we don't have satellites on that side. But. It was big enough to where, even though it shot off in the opposite direction of Earth, the magnetic connection between the Earth and the sun still picked up some of that uh, energy, the charged particles, the plasma, all that, and redirected mm-hmm. it back toward Earth. It was, it was fucking huge. I mean, and if it had gone off when the sun was facing the Earth like that, then, or when that sunspot was facing the Earth, then that would have been an event that very could have put us all back to the stone age where we would have never known what the fuck happened. Sure. And because the only indicator we have to the amount of energy it had in it was its speed. We could measure that. And normally like the solar wind, that's like 400 kilometers a second. 
Now, that's typical. That's the average solar wind speed. So that's just, you know, a normal day. No big deal. Um, but these solar flares, depending on what they are, if it's just uh, X-rays and UV rays coming off, okay, that's one thing. But if it's carrying matter with it, they generally move slower and might take three to four days to get here from the sun because it's 93 million miles away after all. But mm. this was moving at 3,000 kilometers a second. Oh, wow. Which is insane. Like that that sort of energy level, it, we, you know, we have the charts like the A, B, C, the M, and the X class to the solar flares. It was, it was probably off the charts, like literally X 20, something like mm. that. Crazy huge. Uh, Good thing it wasn't pointing at us. No, it had one the other day too that was luckily right as the the active region on the sun, like past the point of being facing the earth, it set one off and it was carrying a huge amount of solar material, like two earths worth of solar material just goes off in the space. Yeah. Oh yeah. That would have fucked shit up too. So it's been doing it and it's, it's been doing it for years. Actually, the, since we've been watching it, it's been giving off some really crazy huge stuff, but it's always when it's not facing the earth, when the, the active region is facing away from us. But one day it's not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And we roughly will, once every 13,000 years or so, right? Something like that. Yeah. It does have these very regular cycles of resonance to it mm. because everything resonates. Everything rings and vibrates. It's uh very cool. And I'm sure at some point there's a, a magnetic draw. Uh, at some point, the Earth actually draws the the ire, you know, of the sun. It has given to. the right parameters. It has to. Everything's connected. Um, given when they measure things, they say, "Well, the gravitational field uh, it's very weak, and you know, with the inverse square law, you know, it's going to you know lose half its strength. You know, when you double the the amount of distance traveled so but that's only with the way we measure it how can we properly measure the magnetic field of anything when we're living on a giant magnet Mm -hmm. i think what we're measuring is the change like we're measuring the difference between the magnet we live on and the magnet we're studying we're not actually getting a reading of how strong the field is right does that make sense yeah um all I'm saying is we don't know shit. <laughs> don't know a goddamn thing. We don't know a goddamn thing. I do know we live on a magnet. We circle an even bigger magnet, and we don't fully understand how these magnets interact with each other and why the big middle magnet is so pissed off and angry, seemingly. But, yeah, the, the connections will lead to something like that eventually. I mean, it happened to Mars. It'll happen to us. It's past 9 o'clock, man. Uh, you need yeah, to get Mars going. Mars got wrecked. Oh, I, you're you're right. I probably should get going. You got your show behind the schemes. That's right. We got the our show behind the schemes, hosted with Booberry. Rock over there. You're welcome to join us if you'd like. But, uh, <laughs> my goodness, it's always a pleasure to be in the smoker with the hogs. It's too bad Carolyn couldn't make it. Of course. Of but, course. We wish but, her the best. A speedy, speedy recovery. Yeah, but thank you, man. I had a great time. I was, dude, I love talking about the pyramids with you. You do that all day. I could do it all day, every day. You're the best, man. 
Erday, no you, bro. Nah, bro, you're the fucking coolest. You Plus and Blueberry both. You do a great show. I fucking love it. Love your show. I saw you guys top 10 on Fountain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, right. Yes, Trying to uh, doing that P2.0 business. You know I, I mean? Man, it's uh, fantabulous. You were up there, and uh, the Bulls are up there, and MMO is up there. We're all, we're all floating up there. The coolest hot. people. It's hot. It's hot. I mean, yeah. if it wasn't for a bull after bull with Spencer uh, being as tenacious as he is, really, I'm, I wouldn't be in, in on this bandwagon myself. So, always got to say thanks to Spence. Yeah. Thank you, Sir Spencer. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I call them the uh, the evangelists. Mm. Uh, him and, and boobs and all of them. They're spreading the good word. What if he had that Southern Baptist preacher voice when he talked about it? Now it's time for the cocaine shit stain. <laughs> Will you accept this powder into your nostrils now? Now, can I get a hallelujah? Mm, can I get a nose beer? No. Oh, no. Nah. Can I get a, can I get a booster gram in this house? Who's the great? Ride the lightning, boy. Ride, Ride the, the lightning, lightning, son. Can I get myself a Satoshi slam <laughs> in this house of worship? Oh, those wily Baptists. You can't take them anywhere. No, unless it's hell. <laughs> no. Race you there. <laughs> I'm on the highway. Are we all? Well, Lavish, we all? it has been a fucking pleasure, dude. Uh, you're one of the coolest motherfuckers out there. No, no, it's, it's true. Foolish. And I fucking dig your show, man. Y'all talk about some phenomenal stuff. So, yeah, we'll be talking about uh, uh, Gislaine Maxwell's dad tonight. Oh, yeah, Robert Maxwell, yeah, one of the founding fathers of uh, the great uh, state of Israel. Yeah, he's a well connected guy. Well, he was, was until yeah, they found was, him right. floating uh, yeah. by his yacht. Uh, that tends to happen. You know, it tends to happen when you're a triple agent. Not a double agent, a triple agent. Mm, that's, that's a lot of agency. Uh, yeah, too many. Getting a little overloaded with agency there. But uh, yes, uh, yeah. thank you. Uh, Hog Story, always the best. Thank you, Sir Fletcher. It's a lot uh, of fun, dude. Keep jamming on those uh, end of show mixes too. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to do more. You're raising the bar. All these chumps sending in their subpar end of show mixes. They don't know. They don't. They don't understand. Well, I didn't hear Dvorak say it was terrible. So I guess that's a good thing. He didn't say anything at all about it. So I think that's a good that's a, the highest compliment he can give you. Yeah. yeah. And thanks to Adam for playing it. Okay. Well, dude. Uh, do good show. Uh, who's a good boy? You're a good boy. I am a good boy. <laughs> oh, God, when I die, please bring me back as a dolphin. Oh, man. Now, that would be the best. Uh, I could go around flitting myself in the seven seas. With my dolphin penis. <laughs> Do you think, is there a <laughs> ritual that we could perform in order to uh, make this happen? Uh, Probably. And we probably have to go to a football game in Miami to do it. Oh, we'll get the yeah. blood of Dan Marino. Laces out. Laces out, Dan. Laces out, Dan. 
Dolphins. Dolphins. I'm Heinz Gitzvelvet. You want to talk to a dolphin, you talk to me. <laughs> oh, so you want to talk to a dolphin, do you? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, dude. <laughs> All right. I, I, adios. Adios, mofos. See you later, bye. See you later. Bye. I'm going to hand, on, hand over the knowledge in the stream as well. So, uh, Booberry, Booberry, take it over, man. Uh, how you like my outfit today? Uh, you know, I'm feeling a little kinky, a little sexy, you know? Uh, adios. Uh, take it away. Booberry Mothman in the Miniocalypse. I see you and those nipples. All right, let me finish up a show over here now. Still got my own show going. Uh, new Boostagram sound, I think. Appreciate those Boostagrams, by the way. It's odd doing this without Carolyn, you know? She's a super cool uh, dude herself, honestly. Oh, Carolyn's not a dude, but she's super cool. I call her a dude. I can do that. I can do whatever I want. Let's see, make sure that uh, the old telegram has a reset. Maybe it'll work. It could work this time. It's possible. Uh, ancient Egypt, fuck them in the butt. We don't know. The the thing about the, the stone structures, just they're everywhere. It's not just uh, Lebanon and Jordan and Egypt and the Middle East. It's all the way in Russia, in uh, the U.S. It's in Mexico and South America. It's everywhere. It's uh, And they all look very similar. The ones in Russia... In Siberia look so similar to the ones in um, in Peru and Argentina. What what was going on, and why why does the truth seem to be um, something dangerous that the, that that is kept from? Us? I am a good oh, boy. <laughs> there it is, Boostagram. Thank you very much for that. Sir Spencer, the Wolf of Kansas City. I see you there, buddy. Oh, we got some voicemails. I, you know, I should play these voicemails. I'll, uh, I'll just do it. What am I, what am I doing? I need to slap myself around a bit. Wham! Oh. Oh. Uh, oh. You're Jeff Goldblum. Oh, thank you. In the, in the smoker? Oh, in, in the, the smoker. In the smoker. All right. Yeah. So tonight's question is, how's it going? How is it going? Yeah. And I don't think I'm talking out of turn here to say that the last few years haven't been great. Um, For a lot of people, that's true. And, and, and feeling, it, uh, in fact, it feels kind of stagnant, you know, mm. like, like nothing's really changing or moving forward or doing anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of like to flip and reverse the question flipper, and say, flipper. how can we as a community build back better? Like we've, we've all made friends here, uh, hog story, uh, you know, the no agenda stream, all that stuff. We've all made friends. What can we do to lift each other up in these times? Um, that's kind of where I'm going with the question. And I'm, I'd like to hear what other people have to say. Like I have ideas. Maybe they're not great ones. Like none of my, none of my ideas are great, but you know, Oh, except for the, Folk, folk hour, those two hour folk yeah. hour. That was, but, that was a great idea. Um, yeah, it, it'd be kind of nice to hear from the community. Like, um, how how do we actually make it a community now that you know our old social lives were kind of broken apart with the pandemic and all that stuff? What? And we kind of turned to each other, which was awesome. But how we how do we 
now morphed that into being an actual community where we lift each other up and we all get better and, and, you know, help each other achieve our goals. Mm. I'm sorry if that, uh, <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm not really good at voicemails because it's like a one-sided conversation. I hear that. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to hear your thoughts about that. Uh, in the smoker. Love you guys. Thanks, Pfeiffer. That's right. He's, uh, one of the hosts of the Sunday morning two hour folk hour. Him and, uh, mostly rusty apples. Sometimes it's dusty apples. Uh, fancy sweetbriar shows up every now and then. So Fiverr is a really cool guy. He's a excellent dude with great taste in music. But what can we do to make everything better? I mean, what can we do? Well, we, uh, I guess you start at the lowest common denominator and work outward. So with yourself, with ourselves individually, being more positive. I know that's something I need to work on. Um, and not in the obvious stuff with the conflict res- resolution or anything like that. Just with everything, the, the perspective I have should be more positive. I think that would help a lot. Um, in theory, I'm not totally sure. So, uh, maybe I should just put it, put it to practice then. Um, yeah, I think once we're, whoa, that's weird. What, once we are more positive, uh, ourselves, then we will have a positive effect on the people around us, you know, I think, and more positivity is, uh, always good, always good. So that's probably a big part of it is, is the, our personal perspective, our, our thoughts, uh, our thoughts dictate reality. So if we have a positive outlook, we're going to live in a positive world. When we have a negative output, we live in a negative world. And so individually, if we are all positive, <clears throat> excuse me, not giving into um, the influences we're bombarded with daily through advertising, through uh, whatever sort of ritual magic is going on with the Super Bowl halftime and the Grammys and the Oscars and all of that, where we unwillingly participate in their rituals and, and give them our energy to accomplish who knows what goals uh, with all of that, like as far as you can see, they're doing a ritual and they're, and we're participating in it by watching it. But what is the purpose of their ritual? What are they trying to accomplish? Don't know. That's why I watch those things. Uh, very little. I haven't watched any of that in a long time, but there's people that still do and they still contribute. And who knows what other magic rituals I do participate in without my knowledge, probably a lot in music and movies and uh just other bullshit i watch or listen to that all affects our our mood and our outlook um our positivity or and our negativity so i think that has a lot to do with it you know giving into those influences um willingly or unwillingly and once we start with ourselves it spreads outward because the earth itself is alive too and if we're all living on it we're all in a bad mood earth is probably in a bad mood too and who knows how the earth works Maybe our thoughts do affect the earth directly. Um, that, that scientific principle of, um, you can't observe something without altering it. You know, we, we can't live on the earth without altering it. Obviously. I mean, everything is human activity here. Just breathing is human activity. Um, so we are affecting it and we ourselves are electromagnetic creatures with our nervous system, our brain, 
the the emotions we have are evidence of that they are metaphysical because you can't put a an emotion in a jar but we all know what emotions are we've all felt them <clears throat> we've all had experiences where emotions have uh been shared over distance or um <clears throat> through time where like you walk into a room and you know uh, an argument had just happened you can feel it in the air there's all sorts of sayings about it. Tension so thick, you can cut it with a knife. Well, that's from emotion. Our emotions are a product of the, our electromagnetic being. And our emotions come from multiple places within the body. But, uh, Indians call them chakras. I don't know all the different names for them. But we, you do feel emotions in your heart, in your, your happiness, <clears throat> sadness, and joy. Uh, those heart emotions. You feel emotions in your brain. Um, you know, like, like fear and doubt and worry, uh, but also uh, positive forms of stimulation to uh, you know, obviously in your groin, but all throughout your body, you, you have these points where emotions come from. Who's to say the earth isn't the same way and the sun for that matter. So our little electromagnetic cells living on this electromagnet, we affect it. It affects us. That's probably why shit's so crazy. It's because we're all so crazy. I mean, how long has bullshit advertising been going on? Kicked in the high gear, you could say, in the 50s. So well before that. That's how long they've been playing this game on us, affecting our emotions to accomplish their goals. And some people may think I'm kooky for it, but they're really, there's natural magic. Magic could just be a term for things we don't understand, effects we don't understand that, uh, carry out through a distance but i can think of uh examples in my life experiences i've had that have affirmed magic and if it if it didn't have real world effects then all the powerful people the ones powerful enough to control our politicians and our, everybody in our government um the ones that control the richest of the rich the ones so rich we don't even know their names or they're not on any lists those guys those guys believe in magic. You can see it in the symbols they use when they tell others to make buildings for them or to write out governing documents or to have things go down on certain days. Like the numerology there is there for a reason. It's all a contributing factor to their, their magic and their rituals. So they believe in it. It's probably real if they do. I think it de it definitely is. I've had experiences that show me such. And it's high time we stop participating in their rituals and participate in our own. I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to do any kind of ritual, I'd rather it be one that I was directly involved with and know what the goal is when you're trying to accomplish it. So all that from Fiverr. Thanks, Fiverr. Uh, oh, there, is there a follow up? There is. In the smoker again. Hello. I did want to follow up and say that, like, I do think that we do support each other really well, but I think that the point of my previous voicemail was how do we do it more consciously mm -hmm. and do it on purpose? Yeah. So that that was uh, that was the point. Sorry. No, uh, no need to embarrassing. Bye. No, it's not. You're a great dude. Cool motherfucker right there, Pfeiffer. Yeah, man. I think you're right. We're, we're we're riding the same wavelength, dude. We are. A lot of us are. Like, as fucked off as, as some things have been in the past few years, 
other things have been really fucking cool. The connections we've all made with each other through podcasting and, and all that, where we leave voicemails on each other's shows and we, we participate and interact in that way. It's really cool. The, the chat rooms, the boostograms, all of that. That's, that's so cool. I would have never known any of these cool people out there if it wasn't for all of this. Um, and I, and I really appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate everybody that listens and sends in voicemails. It's not embarrassing, dude. Like, it might be weird to hear your own voice, but you shouldn't be embarrassed. Um, yeah, he's a, Pfeiffer's a cool guy and he got great taste in music. I, um, uh, I really enjoy that Sunday morning, two hour folk hour. There's always good times. And, um, yeah, uh, we do support each other. We need to support the people that we are not naturally inclined to support. I say we, me, I'm speaking for myself. I do. I do. I, uh, I can say I judge people on their looks sometimes. And, you know, you can have the wrong conclusion about people when you do that. Not always, but very possible. Uh, let's keep these voicemails going. Uh, oh, yeah. your stream sounds Hi. quite lavish. Quite. Um, yeah. anyways, uh, lavash. It could be. Could be. Could be. What was it, Lagrange? Lagrange? Oh, the, There's the a Lucerne. Could it be Lucerne? Oh. Um, anyways, uh. The Buick Lucerne. How are things going? The most lavish eh. car. Eh. Works okay. Uh. Oh, that's good. Everything else kind of blah. Blah? Uh, yeah. yeah. Went to an and, uh, no agenda meetup yesterday. That was a good time. Shoot. No. But just trying to soldier on and get the hell out of winter. Oh, yeah. Be nice if it would go away here just for a little while. It seems like you need like three jackets here. This is like three jacket weather. Yikes. Because, uh, you need one for the morning when it's like, uh, you know, 26 degrees out. Uh-huh. One for the afternoon when it's like, might hit 50. <laughs> okay. And then one for the evening, uh, three different when it jackets. goes into the forties. Uh, yeah, it's three jacket weather. It's, it's, uh, it sucks. Uh, I guess it, you know, when it beats, uh, rain, cause we do have that coming up with the, uh, the April showers brings May flowers, but everything so behind is probably going to be like, uh, May showers brings June's, uh, hmm. Yeah. Clock rhymes with June. Loon. Loon. Uh, Loon. Soon. Dune. Nothing like plant related. Uh, huh. I can't think of anything that rhymes with June. So legume. Anyways, in the smoker. Prune. Prune rhymes with June. In too soon. Out like a prune. I don't know. But thank you, Netned. Man, that guy hates David Copperfield. How about how about another another voicemail? I'll just pull one out of the bag. I thought I would. This nice bag here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This is a very nice bag here. Wham! Yeah! Yeah, you got to call this number right here. Yeah. In the smoker, lavender, and 
Fletcher. Yeah. Um, Fletcher. I just wondered if there were going to be any goats slayed tonight. Any what? Any goats? Oh, goat slayed. Ah, transcription is quote slayed. My God, I feel bad. Where were my manners? Uh, I totally forgot. So how are you guys? I'll tell you. Things are on the up and up. That's what I say. Um, going good. Going good. Things are good. Got to be positive. I got to be positive. Things could go bad, but they won't. Things will go good. Things are going good. Like that, that Beatles song. Got to admit, it's getting better. A little better all the time. Then you chime in with uh, John Lennon's uh, sarcasm. Well, it can't get no worse. Yes, I admit, it's getting better. A little better since you've been mine. Getting so much better all the time. Yeah, things are going good. Things are going good. There's a lot of bullshit in the world, but I uh, try not to let it affect me. A lot of things, like I said, could go bad. The sun could do its thing and like bleh, burp out a lot of matter and uh, fuck up our electrical grid, which in the long run might be a good thing. But in the immediate term, that would be bad if the power grid suddenly goes out and then everything that we had to fix the power grid, well, that's fried too. So the grid wouldn't come back on, not in the way we know it anyway. Ever again, people would lose their minds. I mean, gas pumps are electric. You got hand pumps for the gas tank that's in the ground, but only the people that know the gas station owner are going to be getting that gasoline. Uh, water purification plants aren't going to work. The pumps for your water, the city water, they're not going to work. So water in the lines, you might be able to get that out till the pressure runs out and then, then you're done. Your electric pump for your well, not going to work. Cars, not going to work. Shit, some weak Faraday cages, they're not even going to work. Wires in your house could be fried. Your generator won't work. Copper lines and it'll be fried. Transformers gone. Uh, so no transportation for other, for food and shit to get around. Like people would lose their fucking minds. And then after all that mind losing is done years down the, the, the road, then shit would start to get better. But hopefully that won't happen in any of our lifetime. Or maybe some electrical beings will come out of the sun. The sun splits open. They come out like electrical angels and lead us down a path of enlightenment. Only after the Air Force initiates uh, Project Blue Beam to try and trick us into thinking that alien gods have come back to uh, steer us in the right way. And then the sun's like, oh, no, you don't. It comes out with its electro angels. And they're like, we're the true ones. And we're so fucked from... You know, generations upon generations of being manipulated and propagandized to, we don't know who to believe. So we don't believe any of them. And we, uh, elect to believe another, uh, David Koresh type person. And then the sun kills us. Oh, happy days. Sorry. That took a negative turn, didn't it? Yeah. Why don't we, uh, I don't know, get on a, a more positive term. I don't have any clips that I took. I, I, I really tried hard to find some intelligible clips from that Russian lady talking about the megalithic structures in, in Siberia, because that is very interesting, but none of that. I do have a lot of clips 
just titled Magnetic Field. Oh, these are probably bullshit. Uh, I just want to see. Magnetic fields are ubiquitous. Uh, they come primarily from currents. Uh, permanent oh. magnetism, of course, is the way that we this is look Christopher at Walken. previous magnetic fields. I mean, Christopher so Walken? In the context of this talk, it's the memory of previous dynamos. And in order for this to work, you need cold magnetic minerals. And that's not available everywhere. And, of course, we're assuming that there are no monopoles. Okay. I don't know what that was in context, too. Though it's uh, a little pointless for anything. I was hoping it had more, like, hmm. I think he was talking about planets and not the Earth specifically. Lame. Didn't I have... Hmm. I don't know. I do know there are people in the world that, that know what's actually going on. You know, they know the purpose of the pyramids. They, they understand the sun with its ability to completely lose its shit and send us back. That's why they're digging holes and tunnels and caves in the sides of mountains. Oh, here's a positive uplifter, I bet. Secretary Mayorkas. Oh, yeah, this is from a while ago where they were uh, talking about what they're going to do about his about, you know, spying on us. The agencies and departments across the federal government learn to share information, uh, to learn how to identify threats before they materialize. And we've also learned critically to share information with our state and local tribal territorial partners. It, it requires an all of society vigilance and response. Whoa. Well, if you're uh, talking about in context of um, maybe a uh, self-aware um, technology, that <clears throat> maybe that's what they're on the lookout for, you know? A whole-of-society approach to find it, too, to see how far it's gotten. Tell us more, Mr. Mayorkas. Is domestic terrorism a larger oh, threat Simon. right now than um, anything from overseas? Oh, domestic terrorism. We do think it is. Number of years after 9/11, we were focused on the on the foreign terrorist threat. We saw that evolve to the individual radicalized here in the United States yeah. by a foreign terrorist organization. And now, over the last few years, we've seen the rise of the domestic violent extremist drawn to violence because of an ideology of hate. You know, Scott, oh. the evolution of the threat doesn't mean that the prior iterations have disappeared, sure. but it, we've just seen a different threat rise to prominence over time. Ah, uh, yeah. The domestic violent extremist. We gotta, we gotta be on the lookout for those. That's what he said. And he would know. Hmm. Thanks. It's changed over time, that threat. What about cyber warfare? Oh, Are there warfare. elements in Russia and China already waging what I'll carefully call a kind of cyber warfare in the United States? I think they are. And the consumer, uh, the small business, the large enterprise, our critical infrastructure, we're all vulnerable. And that's why we all have to be vigilant, increase our cyber hygiene, and build stronger and better defenses. Mm. Our cyber hygiene. Nice. Okay. Better defenses against the AI. What do you what do you say, Mr. Secretary, to those voices that have, have um, 
and you've heard them, I'm sure, who've raised concerns that sure. there might be aspiring criminals uh, or even terrorists embedded with uh, Afghan refugees. What oh. I say um, in response, oh, Scott, is oh, okay. that that's what we do in the federal government. We screen and we ensure that the individuals who are coming to the United States do not seek to do us harm. Right. Well, that was just a bullshit, you know, answer for for the time period with the, uh, yeah, those immigrants that were coming over. Everybody was so worried about which what came of that. I don't know. Some interesting things is um, with the DNA records, we we're able to find a lot of uh, Egyptian mummies have DNA, like parts of their DNA. I don't fully understand it, uh, but parts of their DNA that they share in common with Ukrainians. And uh, that reminds me of the voicemails. It was on All Things Considered, All Things Considered on NPR. Uh, where they were taking voicemails from Ukrainians, how they got the word to these Ukrainians in order for them to leave voicemails at NPR, a very exclusive uh, voicemail line, no doubt. Uh, we're not sure how they got the number, but rest assured they got it and left voicemails for NPR. And so, uh, yeah, pharaohs, mummies with Ukrainian, sharing Ukrainian DNA, Ukrainians leaving voicemails on NPR about their cats. Hi, uh, my name is Misha. And uh, I'm in Kiev. We decided to stay for uh, family reasons. We have older parents and cats to take care of. Uh, and uh, I mean, it's all just uh, it's all just terrible. It's okay. Yes. Yeah, so that guy. I mean, he sounded so uh, so excited about his war torn country. He was in Kiev, and yet you know it's a uh, being bombed. It's terrible. People are dying. Buildings are collapsing. But he's not, re he's not leaving because of uh, grandparents and cats. Just listen to that guy. Didn't sound uh, too concerned with the war going on in the city. Hi. Hi. Uh, my name yeah. is Misha. Oh, okay. And uh, I'm in Kiev. We decided to stay for uh, family reasons. We have older parents and cats, and cats. to take care of. Of course. Uh, and uh, I mean, it's all just—it's uh, all just terrible. It's terrifying. It's—it's it's a disaster. It's like yeah, being it inside a Hollywood movie about some sort of the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, go back to acting class. We've been checking in today with people NPR has met oh, in yeah. Ukraine these yeah. last few weeks. Yeah. We asked yeah. some to send us voice memos. Yeah. Just tell us how they're feeling today. Yeah. Some are using only their first names because they're concerned for their safety. My name is Svetlana. Okay, first, that's bullshit because you're not disguising their voice. So even with a first name and their unique voice, if somebody really wanted to find out who they were, they would. Mary Louise. And for their safety. My yeah. name is Svetlana. I'm 33. Recording Ding. this message from inside my tiny apartment in Kiev city center with two cats and a friend who came Ding. over in the afternoon. I'm really scared and frustrated. 
Today has been a real hell on earth for the Ukrainians. Sounds like it. It's just been hell on earth, guys. You can tell. What's up with the cats? Can't leave war-torn Kiev because of my cats. Very strange. Is that some sort of uh, some sort of messaging? Is there an agent that was listening that goes, aha, she said two cats in that one. You know what that means? Initiate you know, protocol 7C. Fuck cats! Operation Fuck Cats is a go. I am a good boy. I've had a good time. Lavish is a good boy. Wait, that, that just felt weird to say. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. I want to say thanks to um, everybody listening live. Everybody that sent voicemails. It's all very cool. Well wishes and, and health out to uh, Miss Carolyn. You're Jeff Goldblum. She is indeed. And uh, I'll give her another little shot. <laughs> she deserves that. I'll read some boostergrams here. Uh, you can get in on that bandwagon. Get yourself a podcasting 2.0 compliant app. Go to nudepodcast.com. Maybe just newpodcast.com or even podcast.com. You can find all those compli- compliable, compliable, compliant apps there. Uh, and the, there's all sorts of various ways you can get Satoshis into a wallet. That's for smarter people than myself to uh, explain for you. Uh, but we, we do thank, uh, uh, thank those people. For the boostograms. Be nice and send these people some money so they can stay on the air. Like, uh, well, like lavish. Look at that. Coming in with a 9999. A lot of nines. And, uh, and a message, a boostogram that just says, Yah. I like that. Well, yah back at you, lavish. A lot of nines in there. Yeah. Oh, here comes a testes from Sir Oma. Omaha. That's 555 sats. That was a test boost. And at the time, it was not successful as far as the sound. But I got it anyway, so thanks. Thanks, Omaha. Oh, here's one from the dirty Jersey whore himself, Danny White. Test boost with 19,760 sats, 1976. I like that. Thank you very much, Dirty Jersey Whore. Or I'll be seeing him on Saturday. Got a no agenda meetup. He came in with another 1976 sat saying Carolyn sounds different. She did because she was lavish. <laughs> That's why. Oh, Ned Ned. The uh, David Copperfield denier himself. The Queen Queen's Chamber's shaft. You sure that's a queen? It's a man, baby. And she is rather mannish. 10,000 sats from Net Net. Thank you very much, sir. Oh, Pfeiffer. Coming in with 9,999 sats. A lot of nines in there. Saying, uh, 
Could someone say, fuck ancient Egypt? Oh, they did. Well, I think we said it twice at least. We'll say it again. Fuck ancient Egypt. Servo. How you doing there, Servo? Saying, I'm a digging yes. <laughs> With 9,613 sets. So what's the significance of those numbers, I wonder? Uh, we'll never know. But maybe we will. Thanks, Servo. Uh, how about... Um, I'll give you something. I'll give you something. Just gotta find it. Like a... Yeah! Yeah, like that. Like yeah, a little bit of... baby! Yeah. Just let me eat you. One time. Just one time, huh? Y'all know what's a banana split? Huh? Huh? Do you? Oh, here it is. Let me put my tongue in your ass. Yeah. I want to dig in your booty. And look, I want to lick them drawers. Thanks, Servo. I'm coming to get that booty. Mary-Kate Ultra herself with levitating bee worship boost. That's 13,000 sats. Why, thank you very much. I'll give you one of these. ay yeah. Since it was already up. And then maybe another one. ay yeah. Ooh. Maybe a little bit of a... Yeah! You understand? I do. Nice. And, uh... So thank you very much, Mary-Kate Ultra. She, uh... Is one of the composers of our voicemail jingle. You may have heard about it. You probably heard about it earlier. Uh, yeah, so... You won't go to hell if you send money. That's true. You know? Call up and tell them that you want to keep this station on the air. Oh, and then 6969 sets. Look at that. From Sir Spencer the Wolf of Kansas City. 6969! 69, 69, That's right. He says, fuck ancient Egypt and fuck evening classes. Wish I could have joined you tonight, brother, but I know you'll kill it as usual. I don't know if I killed it, but I think it's severely injured. Good luck teaching those classes, man. You're probably the coolest teacher those kids have had. If you're not, just remind them that you do this. All I do is eat ass and 69 Nintendos, bro, every day. Every day. Every day. And I'm going to give her a warm phone with a possible low of 69. Only do that with your wife. Thank you very much, Spencer. What a cool guy. I mean... Like I was telling Lavish, if it wasn't for him, wouldn't be doing the the Boostergrams thing. Just wouldn't be the same without Spencer. Nothing would be. Or his lovely wife, Dame DeLorean. They're fantastic people, both of them. Couldn't ask for cooler people. Oh, nothing came in through the PayPal's. That's all right. That's all right. Nobody's using that fiat currency anyway. It's uh, unstable. I know that. Very unstable. It's all based on bullshit anyway. Like it's not based on gold. It's based on our faith and trust in the American government. Okay. Doesn't hold a lot of water in or the way I see it, but. As uh, 
Someone once said, Oh, Mo from Mofax. There's a lot of magic on that dollar bill. It's a good reason why they never redesigned the dollar bill when they did every other denomination. And it's not because of all the numbers out in circulation. They print so many goddamn dollar bills every day. And they're still printing them. Just spitting them out. Sending them everywhere. Then why the fuck am I paying taxes? If you can just print money like that. It's all... It's all worthless. It's, uh... Bonkers. Bonkers. Well, I appreciate everybody listening. Letting me, uh... Rant a little bit on every... Everything that comes to my mind and, uh... Talk about old rocks. And ancient Egypt. And giant ants. Giant ants. Fuck ants. I think I even have a... A clip saying that is like... Shit. A a two-inch long ant with a three-inch wingspan is probably the smaller ones that we've found. Fuck that. Fuck ants! Uh, You said it, phone boy. Man. Uh, okay. (laughs) Well, we're all sending, uh... Carolyn positive vibes. You get over... Her head cold. I think that's what she said it was. She did not sound the same. If when she called me, if she had answered and told me it was her brother Kyle and not her, I would have believed her. She did not sound like the same person at all. Very well could have been Kyle. I don't know. Like a dog ate my homework type situation. Anyway. Next week, we should have a question. And uh, I might tell you that question. If I could think of one. If I had thought of one beforehand. Uh. Okay. I got a question for you. Are you squeamish? Is there anything that makes you squeamish? What a word. Squeamish. Let me know. 430-201-4841. I really do. I want to know. Like, what makes you squeamish? That should be interesting. There's a few things that make me squeamish. I'll tell you all about them next Monday. Same hog time. Same hog stream. Hogstory.net slash stream. Where uh, if we're not doing a show live, there's usually classic jazz and swing that's playing. Hell, you might even catch Billy Bones doing a live show on there. A walk through the mind. Check that show out too. Uh... So get those voicemails in. Remember, we are a podcasting 2.0 compliant app. We are value enabled. So if you want to let us know how much this show is worth to you, you can do that. You can go to hogstory.net slash donate. Visit our website. I just told you what it was. (laughs) Hogstory.net slash donate. You can find the PayPal's link there. Send some money that way. You can send me an email, john at hogstory.net, j-o-h-n at hogstory.net. I got a P.O. box if you want to send stuff. Um, Carolyn does too. C-A-R-O-L-Y-N. Carolyn at hogstory.net. Uh, you could um, send us boostograms with some of those fancy apps we talked about earlier. Uh, stream uh, some sats live while you're listening or send us a boostogram. We'll read that note love reading the notes some might say 
I'm milking the boost. Let me milk that boost. I'll milk that boost all over my face. I'll do it. You don't think I won't? But yeah, you could send anything you want to the P.O. box. Leave me a big box of cash. Diamonds or gold or even real estate. even real estate. Every little bit helps. I promise. Uh, We're doing a show May 28th, live after the No Agenda show. Um, That is a Sunday. It's going to be another Music Jams and Poetry Slams where we're going to be playing our own music, original music, our own poetry. Uh, If you want to get in on that, share some with us, some of your creative endeavors. Email them to us. Uh, It would be really cool to hear people's original music, read some of their poetry, whatever. You want some artwork to share, come do that. I mean, a cool article you want us to do a cold read for, anything, send it our way. We'll we'll do it uh, May 28th. Hell, in the subject line, put in uh, May 28th. Why not? I'll know what you're talking about. Uh, I think that's it for me. Where uh, I've been Fletcher and... Carolyn has been Carolyn. Trust me, she's still Carolyn. She's just not here right now. Uh, I really appreciate you all. And, well, until next Monday, where I've been in the smoker, I'll, I'll just say, uh, adios, mofos. Adios. I'd do it for, you know. You are in the smoker. It's like a, a, a meat sanctuary. I like fresh air, motherfucker. I like fresh air, motherfucker.